Welcome to the Mind Over Matter podcast with Heather Hakes, where mindset is everything. Thank you for joining me for today's episode. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe and share this episode with your friends. This podcast was created to help open your awareness to the truth of who you are, a limitless being. You are worthy and deserving of an abundant and prosperous life. It's time to peel back the false beliefs and remember who you are, light and love. For additional resources or to contact me directly, please visit my website, heatherhakes.com. Again, that's heatherhakes.com. Without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. Welcome to episode number 393. In today's podcast, my guest is sharing with you how to fall in love with the journey of becoming your greatest self. Welcome to today's interview. I brought on Chris Plord. Chris, welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for joining. Please give listeners a little background. Where do you live and what do you do? So I live in Los Angeles. Um, Been out here for about 22 years now. Um, I have two awesome kids, 15 and nine, and a wife of 16 years this week. Um, I'm a coach. I work with different individuals, organizations, companies, really helping the people to perform at their best. And what I mean by that is going in and and dealing with all the amazing tools that they have, unleashing their why, unleashing their purpose, getting into following that mountain that they should be climbing up and running towards it. And I just love holding that space for people to to, to take off the masks and, and, and the armor that they've been building up for so many years and being able to live from their heart, from their soul. It's funny you bring up the masks because literally this morning while I was blow drying my hair and getting ready, I had this kind of image or almost like a story I wanted to share that we're all 100% whole and creators and Mm -hmm. pure divine love energy essence naturally. That's who we are. Mm-hmm. But it's all these masks or layers. So even if you want to think about it like an onion and peeling it back. And so it, you know, and, and wearing armor, that's another way to say it. So, so many of us through life experiences are wearing masks because of who we think we should be or that we need to be and, and all this body armor and trying to protect ourselves. But uh, what you shared with me is that if we could all fall in love with our journey of being great. Mm-hmm. What does that mean to you? Mm. Well, I, first of all, addressing that mask, I think we've been programmed from, we were born perfect. We were born these amazing little souls. And then throughout the years, we put on these because of situations that happened for us, not to us. Right. And that's the program we have to learn that life has happened for us and all these situations that we have been through that some of the times we wouldn't want to wish on anybody. Right. They happened and, and they were such a, a, a tough, awful thing that might have happened at the time. But we have we have created so many strengths and gifts through those situations that we have been through. Right. Our tolerance, our emotional tolerance has grown. And so when we get to the age of 2025, 20, now we start undoing those things, right? To get to where we want to go in life. And part of that programming is the people that we looked up to said, no, you need to do it this way. This is the way you should do it. So we took on this way of, of doing things, right? And, and stopped listening to that 
essence, a lot of people stop listening to that essence of who, who they really are. And so part of taking that mask off and falling in love with the journey of, of our soul is being able to listen to the heart, listen to the, to, to your gut, being able to follow your joy so that you know that there is no actual destination. You're just falling in love with this journey that we're on. It's called life. And we start to look at situations of, oh, is this happening to me? Or is it happening, like I just said, for me? And what am I getting to learn? How am I learning from, what am I learning from this situation? And I think that that takes work to get there, is looking at each thing as something that we get to grow from. Pardon the interruption. If this content is resonating with you, I want to offer you some additional resources. Check out my website, heatherhakes.com, and take the free life assessment. This is a great tool to take inventory in life where you're feeling in alignment and abundant, and where you're simply feeling stuck, stressed out, or as someone recently emailed me, completely ruining their life. I've also created a self-study course all about mindset and manifesting. Again, check out my website, heatherhakes.com, and click on course. Finally, if you are ready to deep dive and really transform your life, I offer one-on-one -on -one coaching. I will teach you what has taken me years and tens of thousands of dollars to learn in which you can start implementing right now. To learn more and schedule your free strategy call, visit heatherhakes.com forward slash coaching. Now back to regular programming. So on that quote, because it's been around for years, life is happening for me, not to mm -hmm. me. I actually, I want to add something to it that, because even then life is happening for me, I believe life is happening through me. Yeah. Mm. Because our thoughts create our emotions and our vibe and our energy. And that is what is literally attracting experience and things to us. So mm. life is happening through me. Mm. And I think when we understand the power of that, that it's like, oh, but I agree, like learn, learn these life experience and these lessons. And I love Peter Crone. He's a big guy in LA from the so UK. Good. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, you know, him. Peter Crone well. says something about, and maybe you could, if I butcher this, help me out. But he says how relationships, well, they're a great learning tool, but they trigger what is unhealed within us. Um, I think. And I'm paraphrasing, it's not perfect, but I think his, this is closer to the quote, but you're right on. Um, life is going to present you with circumstances and people that will present to you where you are not free within yourself. You did it. Is that, is that closer? Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. I've, I've, I've quoted him. I love his stuff. I've listened to all his pod, you know, the podcasts he's been on. Um, it's freedom. It's internal freedom is what we're looking for. I mean, we've all felt it at some point in our life. Right. And, and, and what is that circumstance that keeps coming up? That's, that's keeping you held down or blocked. Who are those people that keep showing up in your life? What relationships do you keep getting into over and over again? Right. To, to, to hold you down, to trigger you. Those triggers are actually these, these beautiful things you get to look at saying, Oh, I'm going to look at this, this time. And I'm going to, it's going to show me where, I need to not fix yourself. And this is where a lot of people get into problems. I don't think, like Peter says, nobody's broken, right? 
but where we can reveal or unleash a part of us that mm-hmm. isn't free, or we can let go of a way we've been doing things for so many years because it's not serving us anymore. It served us way back then, but not in this new direction, not up this new mountain we're trying to ascend. Well, and that's why I love that to see the gift in everything. And so that's ultimately right. they're, they're deep rooted beliefs or experiences that we attached meaning to that is in our subconscious. Right. And so mm-hmm. you're, that's what I remember saying this to my mom years ago um, with men. So I was previously mm. engaged, but with men, I feel like I felt like I kept attracting the same kind of guy with a different face. And until I realized, yeah. oh shit, I'm the yeah. common denominator. Why do I continually attract? All right, this is getting personal, but fine. Why do I continually attract emotionally unavailable workaholic men? So I figured it out. It's because I grew up with a dad who was a workaholic, emotionally unavailable. So as a little girl, I attached that I wasn't worthy and deserving of a male's time and attention. Mm -hmm. But as an adult, I realized my dad was doing what he had to do to provide for his family. Right. Right. So look at that. Like until, but I had to become aware, rewrite the story. And I, since then clearly have attracted different kind of men. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I think they, your dad did the best job with the tools that he was taught. Yeah. And, and, and it's, it's actually looking at, looking back to their childhood too, you know, and I'll go personal too with my dad, you know, there was a time when it was like, oh, why, why isn't he is more manly? Why isn't he tougher? Why isn't he showing me how to fight and how to do that? You know, and I was like, he was an, he is an awesome man right? He's, he's emotions. He's not able to, or he doesn't deal with his emotions because he was the only child. He lost his mom when he was a teenager, right? And nobody, his dad was there, but kind of just gave him money. You know, he wasn't a bad person, but just, and nobody taught him how to be a father, how to, how to be a man. And then later, you know, we lost the, my younger sister, you know, into a heart condition, you know, when she was almost nine and I was 12. Nobody taught him and nobody was there. He didn't know how to reach out like we have the tools today. And when I could meet that side of my father with compassion, with love, and know that he did the best job with the, the, the tools that he was given, then I'm able to hold them in a completely different light, right? And, and, and so when he drinks now, it's, it's not like I'm... I'm disappointed. Yeah. I I can still love him and know that those are the choices he's making, even though I've tried, we've tried my whole family many, many, many times that that's still his choice in his life. And I can still love him and hold that space for him and know that when he's ready to stop, when he's ready to pick up the phone, when, you know, that I'm going to be there. Right. And we have a good relationship. It's just not as clean as it could be because he makes these choices. And that's okay. This is where he's at right now. Yeah. So, well, I think it's important what you highlighted there is to have compassion. And it's so easy to judge, right? To call somebody an alcoholic. But if instead we don't label them right. and we hold compassion and space and, and yeah, create that space. So if they're ready mm. to change, because it's they're on their journey, right? If they're mm. ready to change and you're holding that space and that light and that high energy, then 
you will be a resource for them. But it's not your job to try to control somebody to be what Mm -hmm. you want them to be. Right. That's right. It's our job to work on ourselves. And like what you just said, Heather, you know, when we do that work on ourselves and we become, we're becoming the best versions of ourselves, that whether we tell people or not, that's giving them permission. They're seeing, wow, what is that that she's been doing? Because there's something about her that's different. There's something about her that's more elevated, that's, that's vibrating higher, that's happier. So in that, when we do the work on ourselves, that gives the rest of the world and the people around us in our circles and our loved ones permission to do it as well. We're leading by example. And I think that's what true leadership is, is yeah. doing the work on ourselves, not asking somebody to do it if we haven't had the courage to do it ourselves. Something you touched on um, was the word joy. And I love that. I love Disney movies because I feel like they're just so deep if you really watch them. But the movie Soul that came out, I think it was about a year ago. If you really watch Soul, have you seen it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And the, the, the cartoon with the, the guy playing the instrument, right? Kind of like the little ghost guy. Yes, it, yes, it's yes, yes. Consciousness yep. and love. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, that movie, what I got out of it was ultimately the motto was to follow your joy. And mm-hmm. so something you told me is to run towards what you want in life. Mm-hmm. And you said most people are actually focused on what they don't want. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's true. I think because of that old programming that we've been um, privy to. We're going and making decisions and we're getting to a certain level where we're just getting by. I have a friend who he, re, I remember he, he was in all this debt when he was in his early twenties and it was the worst thing for him. He goes, I'm going to do anything I can to get out of this debt. And he bought this really cheap car. He lived above a garage somewhere. He, he didn't spend any money. And eventually he got out of this debt and he, 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 he works for a great company now and he, he makes good money. But anytime he makes a decision in his life, like if he wants to buy a new TV, it takes him like six months to buy a new, to, to get a new TV or to, to treat himself to something that he actually really deserves, right? Or to go on a vacation or to buy a nice thing for himself. Not that material is going to make him happy or anything, but there's a scarcity mindset that goes along with every single decision that he makes to the point where it's affecting his relationship in life right? It's affecting his, 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 his marriage because he's not able to live in this joyful place. Even though you might have a great conversation with him, if you really got into the heart and soul of it, there's no true joy there. Everything is based upon not wanting to go back to the debt that he had when he was in his early twenties, even though he's in his fifties now, right? And, and that one circumstance, and it was painful at the time, yeah. is still unfolding 30 something years later for him. And, and so when we can look at that and understand that that's where the decisions are coming from and choose by training, by the way, this isn't just a one-time thing. I choose now it takes work, right? It takes like anything we do neuro programming and burning new neural pathways. It takes, it, it takes energy. It takes weeks, months sometimes to get, to get those new habits into our life is making that choice to kind of go, okay, I want to make this new choice to go up this mountain to see this new dream that I have, 
And like we talked about earlier, and trusting the process that as long as we keep moving and we're in action and ascending, that the path is going to unfold in the just right ways and the just right times for us, us individually, not for what your uncle did, not for what your mentor did, but for you in your life. And it's all about just following that, that happiness and joy, that excitement, that thing that gives you butterflies. And that's what that's, that's getting in touch with those emotions. That's emotional fitness right there is understanding that. Two things from that example, what I call it is building that mindset muscle. Cause you're right. We are yes. literally having to reprogram Dr. Joe Dispenza calls that a refractory period. So that guy from at 20 years old attached meaning to an event Mm-hmm. Decades later, he's still experiencing that event because he had such a strong emotional tie to it. So until yes. you reprogram these emotions and, you know, I think what you say is like a deliberate decision that you want change and then do the That's work right. to build yeah. those. Okay. I want to go back to, cause you shared <laughs> a, an actual example with me. Cause I want to talk about joy and being in alignment and flow versus mm-hmm. I think what the American culture is, is that hustle and grind make shit happen. Right. But I'm, I'm, I just don't flow with that. But what you shared mm-hmm. with me, can you go back to your med device days and yes. the moment you made that deliberate decision and how mm-hmm. life was flowing easily for you? Right. So, yes. Yeah, so I was working in the fitness industry, um, you know, what was it? 20, 16 years ago. I mean, I've been doing this for 25 years, serving, helping coaching. I was presenting around the world. I was working with clients, teaching classes. I had making six digits. I was doing really well living in LA and my wife got pregnant. And so my old limiting belief was, you need to go back to corporate. I have a business degree. I worked for many corporations in my past. None of them, you know, Disney, Xerox, Enterprise Rent-A-Car, none of them really filled me up. So I decided to, to be in the path of service, choose that. But when my wife got pregnant, our first child, a, a fear came up, an old fear, an old belief. You, you, because my mom instilled, if you have a great job with good benefits, you're going to be happy. Her belief that was instilled into me. So when my wife got pregnant, I said, oh, what's the highest paying sales job I could get? And I was like, medical device sales. So I found a recruit, someone who got me, I ended up landing a job as medical device. And I was like, well, I could go either way. And my wife's like, well, it's your choice. You know, I want you to be happy. So I decided to go into medical device for a year. After about a year, I was like, oh, this isn't for me. I didn't like the environment I was in. It wasn't, it was cool at first because I was in the OR training doctors, but it wasn't, um, it wasn't fulfilling me anymore. So I made the decision along with my wife that I was going to go back into the coaching industry. And so when that happened, the universe said, are you sure? And then presented me with another um, device job that could have made more money. And then another device job came in and I'm like, Oh, I see you. I see what you're doing, universe. You're testing me to make sure that I am in this deliberate, I'm deliberate with the path with this next mountain I'm going to climb. And then when I made that decision, I was able to clear the air, look at where I was going, 
And then my wife ended up getting a job in, in where she was working. It worked out beautifully because I could spend some time with my son and carry him around. And then all of a sudden clients came back over the next three months. She was able to stop working, which she's never worked again um, after that job classes unfolded and it just, it was back to where it was within three to six months. The universe just laid everything down in the just right way for me because I made that choice and that decision. And I haven't looked back really since. So. So what I take away from that is when, you know, when, when you're teetering, you're back and forth, you can't decide you're all over the place. My mom has called me in the past, a bouncy ball all over the place. (laughs) When, when you can't decide you have one foot in, you're not going to get very good results. But when you go all in, when you are committed, when you are forward focused, you know, your Napoleon Hill would say your definite chief aim. When you know it and you are committed and aligned, that's how things quickly unfold. That's right. The gray area is a, is a energy sucker, right? The gray, the being on the fence, the gray area is not where we want to be in life. And I know we were all guilty of being there, of, of going, well, I shouldn't make the decision, but, or should I, or could I, and didn't, and we're over mind effing it. When you make that decision to, to go forth, you'll be amazed at what unfolds. And I think you shared too, you know, before we started recording, but it was, it, it's, it's, it's coming and it's unfolding exactly the way it should, but we don't know that path precisely. And this is what keeps a lot of people stuck. Mm. We have never once any human can't, can say, did I take step A, B, C, D? It was laid out perfectly for me. And I climbed that ladder and I got to that top. No, when you get to the top of the mountain, you look back and you say, oh, I needed to go into that situation to learn that lesson in order to come over here to learn that. And then this happened. And then it's a zigzag that takes you on this trajectory that we don't fully grasp or understand. And it's our controller, our saboteur judge controller that wants it laid out in this pretty precise, pristine way that's going to get us up the corporate ladder, a lot of people, and and, yeah. and to that, those positions that we're told we can do. And when we can let go of the how and just start to move deliberately, a deliberate intention is what, what the universe wants to hear. And when we put that energy into it, we get the ROE, the, you get that return on effort, the ROE. We get that comes back to us in ways that... Um, have always, always turned out just right. If well, we ultimately, really look at it. yeah, you chose and you committed on your joy is service. And that has turned into mm. coaching, but you just, you followed that and it's all lined up. And so this makes me think, um, was it Napoleon Hill in un- outwitting the devil? I'm not positive, but he talks about an undisciplined mind that that's our, our, biggest setback. So ultimately Mm. it's for me, you, you get to wake up and choose every day or even every moment. Are you feeding faith or are you feeding fear? Mm -hmm. And fear is the one that wants to think it's in control and and try to make things happen. But when you feed faith, let go of the how, but you just, yeah, I don't know how else I can describe it, but you get to choose fear or faith. That's right. 
That's right. And, and it's, you know, in doing it for 40 years or however long or 30 years, you know, it's, and we're not saying it's easy, you know, no. it's not just like, we just go, okay, you choose, you know, no. but you know, I love that metaphor of the, the two wolves that are always fighting within you, right? The grandfather's telling his grandson and he, and they go, there's a battle inside every single day. And the grandson looks back and one, one of the wolves is full of fear and, and anxiety and all of this. And the other one is that faith and gratitude and compassion. And he goes, which one wins? The one you feed, right? The one you feed just exactly, you know, and, and we get to slow down. I remember my first coach ever, she was like, you need to slow down. You need to slow down, right? Because slowing down isn't just a matter of taking things off your plate in life. It's a matter of connecting and, and listening to yourself, mm. like truly going, which is the direction I'm going, I'm moving towards. What is my why? What is that, that move I'm making? Is it getting me closer up to the, to the mountain that I'm climbing to my goal? And, and, and know that it's coming from, from joy, like we talked about right earlier. And, and by the way, having joy and following that joy and excitement isn't mean that it's not going to be nerve wracking and have a little bit of fear there, but fear is not driving. You cannot let, or even be in shotgun or even in the back seat. It can maybe sneak up on you a, with a motorcycle or something like that, but it's there. I know that's what's given me when I, before I get up on stage or I'm, I'm doing a podcast or I'm in whatever it is, it's like, there's butterflies. I was like, oh, I wish I didn't feel those in my early days. But what I realized is those butterflies is I've learned to love those butterflies because it helps me speak a little clearer. It keeps me more in tune to the energy in the room. It allows me to be a better version of myself, a more excited version of myself. Yeah. And when people can look at that and go, yeah, I want a little of that. That's what being on the edge is. And that's what we want to do in our life is be on that edge and live it and go, I had an amazing ride what a ride. And that's where we're going. I think that's what we all crave desperately. I'm curious, how have you, <clears throat> what taught you to connect within to that intuition, to those internal guides? Um, plant medicine, meditation, um, breath work, um, uh, writing, um, so many different, um, modalities, exercising, Yep. sauna, ice bath, um, all of these things that bring me a little closer to my, to myself and my intuition. Again, those are the things that really help me peel back those, those decades of, of armor and masks that I put on so that I can listen closely. What I would offer listeners is for me, I think it's whatever gives you peace or, mm. or comfort. And so for me, I crave or what you crave. So I crave nature being in the mountains are my toes in the sand. I crave yep. going for runs. That's my release. It's how I'm super present. And now more than ever, I'm craving silence. And I've been meditating three times a day, morning before bed, midday. I just like, I crave that connection again. Yeah. Yeah. So I said, so follow good. that. Yeah, it is. And, and nature is a huge part of that. We live in Los Angeles, right? And I'm in the water all the time on the beach. Um, and, and I love what you just said, because I tell this to my classes all the time. I go, you know, you're doing the work when you can shut your eyes and enjoy being with the person that is behind those eyelids, mm -hmm. right? That's when you, when you start craving that time, like you are, you know, you're doing the work. 
well, I used to have FOMO, you know, fear of miss, mm-hmm. missing out. So I would go out and do the social things. And now it's like, no, I crave and I love being, right. I call it solitude, but being at home and like, mm-hmm. I, I just, I don't crave that stuff anymore. So I guess something else I would share there is on our journey or definitely for me on my journey, I have outgrown and I have evolved. My interests have changed. People have come and gone. For me, that's been part of the process. Right. Right. Yeah. It's, I think we get more sensitive as we get older, you know, it's, it's like, and, and that's a good thing actually, because you're, you're able to tune in. Like I can't like you, you going out all the time. I used to do the, be the same way. Uh, malls make me tired. I get drained. I only have a certain amount of time in a mall or a store. Yeah. Um, Vegas, I don't, I don't want to go near it, you know, or shows. I remember um, being on a being at a conference and having to be on a show floor for an entire day, and then going up to the conference rooms and presenting right after, and being so hyped up, like not understanding that this energy was affecting me. And going and talking, like having good things to say, I was told after you had some great things to say, but you never stopped. You didn't pause. You were, you were overtaken by this energy that, that was on the showroom floor. And I was like, I was. So the next day I was like, I'm not even going near the showroom floor. I'm going to stay in my room and listen and slow down and connect to what I want to come out, have that intention. Because I think that's, that's important. As we do this work, we open ourselves up to a lot. And there's a lot of stimulus around us that we need to kind of lovingly boundary up or um, just put ourselves in the right kind of healthy environment to nurture us. Mm-hmm. Those are two key words I talk about often as being intentional and mindful. And for me, that is taking care of myself in the morning, going to the gym, doing meditation and then taking on the day, but that's just my way. Right. Right. Yeah. I think a lot of, and everybody has their own ways of doing things, you know, and it's like, what's the best way? What's the best exercise? What's the best is it meditation? Is it breath work? Is it, um, you know, right. What at writing it's, it's what, again, it's what you like to do, yeah. right. Create your own thing trial and error. It's, if it try it, if it doesn't work out or if it's not really calling to you, then move on to something else. But that morning routine or that morning ritual is, is vital to our growth. I believe all of us need it in some way, shape or form. I agree. So then question for you, cause I feel like we've touched on that a lot today. And most importantly, that freedom is an inside job. Mm-hmm. What key takeaway do you want listeners to get? Mm. Uh, it's, it's falling in love with the journey that you are on, you know, the, the journey of becoming our greatest self, you know, it's always been there and we get to just unlock it. We get to peel it back. Like we talked about earlier and just know that this, this is meant to be enjoyed. This journey we're on is meant to be enjoyed. The universe wants us to be happy, wants us to be free. And all we have to do and I'll take from you is get out of our own way, right? Get out of our own way and let it come through us. Since you brought it up, I, I did ayahuasca. Um, mm-hmm. gosh, that's almost two years ago now, but it was here in Colorado. So I, I went to it. I need, I wanted to experience it. Yeah. And because I podcast, I had a notebook at my like my little Mm -hmm. side. So I, cause although you're like lucid dreaming and now these crazy dimensions, cool experience, I I was still able to like kind of sit up and take some notes. So anyway, 
what I got from it. And it was on my first night, the second dose, all suffering is self-imposed. Yeah. In the moment. And I was like deep in this, in this pain and like fetal position, literally in my stomach. I, it was so much pain. The moment I surrendered and I asked for help, I remember laying on my mat and I, I just asked because we were told or before it started to ask, ask for help. If anyway, I did. And the moment I did, I had this huge waterfall visual, waterfall visual. And it was just this release and this cleansing and like, but I surrendered and I let go and realized. So if I come full circle that all suffering is self-imposed and I believe all suffering stems from thought. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I I love that analogy and something similar happened to me in a, a plant medicine journey as well, where I was having the same type of thing. And and it was, as soon as I got up to ask for help, Mm -hmm. right. We're, we're, we're doing this by ourselves, but we need to reach out and ask others, right? We're supporting each other. I think humans, as humans, we want to serve. Well, this is why I chose this, this, this industry to be a coach, to serve others. I think ultimately, and that's why you're doing the podcast, to serve others. We all are craving that at the deepest level of ourselves, right? And when we can ask for help, when we can say, okay, I'm not going to do this alone, you know, I'm doing it all the time. You know, I'm on a men's team. I'm asking for help. I'm calling people to work out different situations and problems and, and, or, or challenges that I might be having, not problems, but the medicine has such an intelligence based on what you just said, that it's showing you that you get, it's a glimpse of one night that, that, that is the work is bringing it into our lives, right? That's why integration of that work is so important. Right. We've been, I've been doing it for about eight years now, all sorts of different medicines, but it's always showing us what it could be. And then when we can integrate that, that lesson, like you did bring it into our lives and say, okay, now what am I going to do in this? How am I going to bring that lesson into work, into my career, into whatever it is? I think that's when that freedom really starts to happen. That glimpse, that waterfall starts to flow and we just get to flow with it. Mm. Yeah. So you're saying there's a chance. That's what it makes me think of. Hans, are you kidding? It's there for you to just, just say yes to. Yes. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. Well, I'd love to wrap up the interview. So I have a couple of rapid fire questions for you. Mm-hmm. First one, okay. what is a quote or motto that you live by? Mm. I said it, but it's fall in love with the journey of being your greatest self. Yes. Chop wood, carry water. <laughs> Mm-hmm. What is a book you're currently reading or highly recommend? Mm, currently fate and destiny by Michael Mead. What is that? And I would, Oh, so he, he's an amazing writer. He takes myth of all these myth, mythological stories. He takes his own life where he grew up in New York and how he re, and, and as a kid, and then he brings in modern day analogies and he, he does this beautiful poetic job of weaving all of these things together. So he'll tell a, a myth, a story, an old, you know, thousands of years old. He'll bring it into a moment of his childhood and then he'll bring it back into modern day and how we can relate it to modern day and, and, okay. and use it in our own lives. It's, it's, it's really connects. One of those books you can read once and then pick up and just read a page or two after and get so much from it for the day. So I'm always quoting in my meditation classes and breathwork classes. Awesome. 
All right. Final question. What advice mm. would you give your younger self? Mm. It's all going to work out exactly the way it should. So stop worrying so much. Yes. <laughs> what a great note to end on. Chris, thank you so much mm. for joining me. Oh, thanks so much for having me. A great conversation with you. Thank you. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe and share this episode with your friends. I'd love to connect with you on the social platforms. You can add me on Instagram at heather.hakes or subscribe to my YouTube channel, Heather Hakes. I'll catch you on the next episode.